Welcome to the All-in-One Podcast for Middle School Language Arts Teachers. I'm Linda, and I've been a teacher for over 30 years. I can help you with tips, tricks, and motivation that will simplify your planning, streamline your teaching, and enjoy more free time. Well, hey there, it's Linda. I hope all is going well in your world and that you are either enjoying your summer or if you're back to school, I hope that it is off to a smooth start. I am so excited to continue with the last episode in our back to school series. This is the sixth and final episode. If you didn't listen to the other five, we talked about three things that you can do now to make your life much easier and actually less stressful. In the second episode, I laid out a clear plan to set up your language arts classroom. In the third, we got into the nitty gritty of setting up a classroom library. In the fourth, we went over the wildly important concept of setting up clear classroom expectations. And in the fifth, we discussed selecting your first unit. So it makes sense now to talk about planning out the rest of your units for the year and don't run away just yet because I promise you, I'm gonna make this very simple for you. Okay, before we begin, I want to make sure that you know I will be mentioning a few valuable freebies. I also really want to encourage you to sign up for my email list. I do a bunch of freebies and once you're on my list, I start sending them out to my subscribers. You'll also be alerted when there is a sale or a new product of interest, so you definitely want to opt into that. My email opt-in and any freebies on pr or products that I mention will all be linked in the show notes for your convenience, so don't forget to check them out. Okay, so let's do this. Planning all of your units at the beginning of the year. I know, I know it sounds absolutely crazy and overwhelming, but I promise if you carve out a little time now, and believe me, it's not as much time as you're thinking, the future you is not only going to thank you, but future you will be madly, madly in love with present you. <laughs> if you've been listening to me, you know that I really try to take a huge monumental topic and outline it into simple steps. So please take a listen because I promise you it's going to help you so much when you're in the middle of the year and you can't even breathe because you have to grade and the pressures of day-to-day of, of -day teaching really are so overwhelming that you want to get this done now. I really wish I had a magic wand and I could just do this for you. And I will show you exactly what to do, but realize that all schools are so, so different. So what I'm saying to you, obviously, you're gonna have to take it and modify it a bit to fit you. So there are some basic steps to talk about to plan out your year. I'm gonna list them right now, and then I'm gonna get into detail with an example of how I do this myself in my room, and that's where you're gonna to have to maybe modify it a bit for yourself. So first, you wanna list your reading units and your writing units. Second, decide on how you're going to administer those units. Three, 
list any other areas that you teach consistently and separately from reading and writing and decide how to incorporate them. Next, you want to assign a rough timeline for each unit, then plug it into a calendar, and then finally keep a living document on what the lessons and assessments will be. And clearly this is going to be a little more time consuming the first year and next year you'll just have to tweak it. Okay, so let's talk about this and let's talk about how I take each of these steps. So step one is to list your reading and writing unit. I teach using reading and writing workshop, but I want you to know I've sort of cultivated my own way of doing it to make it more skills-based and to make it way more streamlined and purposeful. One thing I found was helpful was to do reading first and then a writing unit. That means in my class we are either in a reading unit or we are in a writing unit. I alternate and each takes about a month so I do 10 units in all. I like my writing to follow the reading and sort of match up. So what I mean by this, for example, I start with my reading unit. And as I talked about in my last podcast, I start with a quick launch unit on reading, which is a whole class novella, a novella meaning it's shorter, which set kids up to learn what the workshop model looks like and to get any skills in that I expect them to carry through for the year, okay? And then after that, I go right into my official reading unit, which is realistic fiction. And in that time, the kids are in book clubs, so they pick their books based on a curated list of books that are written in first person with a strong main character and a clear plot line. This way, the writing unit that comes next is a personal narrative. They can use the skills that were learned in that reading unit to help them. So in that first reading unit, we go heavy on mini lessons that include plot line, plot line dialogue, internal monologue, and stuff like that. So in case you want to know, um, here are my units, and again, they go together. So we do a realistic fiction with a personal narrative, and then we do historical fiction with an essay on theme. And then we do, I'm trying to think this through as I go through, we do informational reading, and they write a feature article. Okay, we also do a unit on social issues, and they do an essay on character traits. And we do poetry, we kind of link that all together when we do it. We do reading and writing. A little bit of it is done all together, okay? Um, by the way, this is something I do more methodically in my course on reading and writing workshop where I have you list everything out. It is a course that's available on Teachable and I'll link it in the show notes and I know you will love it if you are new to writing workshop. But I also have the first module offered for free, complete with a video to instruct you and a workbook to fill out to guide you. So you might want to check it out, not only to see if the course is right for you, but to get you through this first stage, which is listing your reading and writing units in a way that's going to make sense for you for the year. Okay, so and, and like I said, I don't know what kind of a school district everybody teaches in. For me, I had a lot of say in how it went because I was the curriculum writer for our grade level. 
and I know it might be dictated to you, but you might have some flexibility within that. So for example, they might tell you what units to teach or what you have to teach, and then you can kind of map it out from there in the order that you'd like to go in. Or maybe it's done for you, and within that you can tweak it slightly. So you just have to you know, check in with your administrators and see how much flexibility you have. Okay, so number two is to decide how units are administered. So once you have your units listed, you're ready for step two, which is to decide how you teach them. This means that you have to decide if you're teaching reading slash writing slash anything extra together or separately. Okay, that, that's a little confusing. To make it clear, let me explain what I do. Like I said, I teach 10 units. I alternate between reading and writing. And as I said, we make it so that they match up. Um, I know that some districts have very extended blocks and that they do reading and writing together, sometimes within the same period. We used to actually have that in my district. It was a module schedule and language arts was for 84 minutes. I'm not going to lie to you. It was rough. I'm telling you, I did reading and writing in the same day. It was very hectic. And honestly, it was way too much for sixth graders, especially my ICR class. Then I changed it and did it every other day, meaning we'd have reading one day, writing the next day. And you want to talk about confusion? My kids had no idea what to bring, even though I would write it on a board outside my door. Um, but you know, when you write something every day, it becomes like white noise to them. Now we have about 55, 57 minutes, and I settled on doing reading one month and writing the next. I have a lot of autonomy here since, like I said, I was the person writing the curriculum. And quite frankly, they trusted me and just wanted it done. And that's what we do now. I really like this method and I highly recommend it to you if you're allowed to make decisions like this. All right, number three is to list any other areas that you teach consistently and separately from reading and writing units and decide how to incorporate them. Okay, like I said, you have to figure out how you will handle your grammar and vocab and any other units that you might teach separately. And I know that true reading and writing workshop is supposed to incorporate this. And quite frankly, I just don't think it's enough. And I don't think it's enough really like blatant instruction for kids to kind of glean it through these reading and writing units. So I teach it separately. Okay, um, the way I do this on Monday, I would introduce a grammar concept. It's a very short mini lesson. I mean, you can barely call it a mini lesson as I just go over it. Okay, it's and then what we do is we use IXL in our district so I can assign an assignment that goes along with that grammar concept. So if I've talked about direct objects, there would be a grammar assignment on IXL. I would assign it on Monday and it's due the following Monday. Quite frankly, the kids don't usually do it for homework because it, they use it if they end up finishing something early in class. And um, we also have a flex period in my school where they can work on it. I also sometimes have them choose something from my grammar choice board that is also due the following Monday. 
I'll link my grammar choice below. I, I must say it's, it's awesome because you can use it for a bunch of skills that can be repeated throughout the year. And then after, okay, so that would be for grammar. Now we have to talk about vocabulary. Somehow, I don't know how this happened, but I inherited doing vocabulary on Fridays and I came in really hating it and thinking, you know, here I am a reading writing workshop specialist and I'm stuck doing this on Fridays and I was not happy to give up a whole class period to do this. But in the end, I'm going to, being really honest, I found it so helpful because teaching sixth grade language arts is exhausting. And knowing that on Friday, we were going to change gears and move into vocabulary helped not only me, but it really helped my students. Um, I, I'm always kind of holding my breath wondering they're going to, when they're going to tell me that we have to change doing that. But for now, that's what I do. Okay. Um, it is a really nice break in the action. I also felt that vocabulary, just incorporating it into units, it just, it really wasn't enough. So I've created a list over the years and I do a lot with Greek and Latin root suffixes and prefixes. And then I use a vocabulary choice board, which again is something you can use all year with any list. The vocabulary choice board Honestly, it's a must if you don't have anything in place, because like I said, you can use it over and over with any list. Um, it's worth it. It's worth its weight in gold because actually the grading is really easy and then there's a good variety in there. So again, you need to think about what you're teaching separately from your reading and writing units and how you want to incorporate that. And again, I'm aware that this might already be in place for you, but you really want to think about how you're going to do it. If your district has a vocabulary program, are you going to assign it its own day? Or are you going to do it as a quick mini lesson and then do it for homework? That's something to think about. Okay, let's get into number four, which is to assign a rough timeline for each unit. This is pretty quick, I would say. Um, it's pretty simple because if you followed what I said already, you've already considered this and that is you want to now give it a rough timeline. For me, each unit is roughly a month with grammar as a quick lesson on Monday and vocab on Fridays. Then I assign each month their, a, a unit and then I refine it a little because I really do like to finish my units before a break and before a weekend when possible. So if Thanksgiving break is coming up, I really want that essay done so that it's not hanging over anybody's head because it's hard to get back into that momentum again. Um, it doesn't always work, but it's a good goal because it is nice to finish out and have them start fresh when they return. Okay, so that was easy. Number five, a little bit more time consuming the first time you're doing it, and that's to plug it into a calendar. For me now, that's something that takes me about an hour. And honestly, the part that takes me the longest is changing all the dates from year to year. And you're in luck because I have a freebie that is a planning calendar and you will definitely want to grab that because it has all of the current dates in it. Get this part done right now because honestly, this is where the money is, so to speak. So absolutely grab that freebie and start planning it. 
um, you can fill in first what I would do is to fill in any dates that you have off or any special days that you already know about like field days class trips and stuff like that then you fill in there's a column to write your unit and then this is going to sound crazy and please don't shut me off right now just hear me out you want to fill in an activity for each day this is a Google Doc so it's editable you don't have to do this in any fancy way so I might write something like this on uh, December 3rd my activity that I fill in is social issues lesson one theme and for me I have that lesson done I have a mini lesson on it and it's very shorthand and again you can change it and you probably will change up a lot of things as you go along but at least you have a plan okay um, anytime my district announces something like testing or that we're having um, you know a, a pep rally that goes right into my calendar and I share the calendar with my sixth grade counterpart my counterpart meaning the other teacher who teaches sixth grade language arts um, so that we're always on the same page I'm telling you I started doing a yearly calendar and it was a life-changing moment in my teaching career and when my new counterparts have come on board because I've had several um, they're like oh my gosh wow this is amazing I'm so much less stressed and I'm like I know so if you do nothing else from this podcast grab that freebie and take an hour and get her done um, eventually you know because I've been doing this for a while I started putting in links to the lesson so that all I had to do was click them on and it is just so nice and so easy and I wouldn't worry about that now though that might be a good goal for you maybe for next year and when you're doing this kind of planning that you know is kind of intense and takes a lot of your your brain to make it happen try to make it a little bit fun I, I talked about this in another podcast but like wait for a rainy day make your favorite cup of tea or, or wine you know even better <laughs> no judgment here light a candle get someone to watch your kids whatever it takes to make it more enticing to you and you will thank yourself after it's done and honestly it shouldn't take you more than an hour um, just trust me on this one okay I really recommend doing it for the year but if that's too overwhelming get at least the first month done but I'm telling you at the end of September you are not going to feel like doing this again and you won't be in the momentum so really really do your best to do it okay the last one is easy it's it goes along with what we just talked about and number six is to keep a living document on what the lessons and assessments will be so whether or not you're using my freebie keep a document of what you're doing each month you will then have to add in your assessments because we really do want to know what our assessments are before we start teaching the unit I mean that's you know or at least have an idea and a living document that you can change up as needed and you can add this right into the calendar under the activity column because one day is going to be an assessment in that unit okay again it's a great idea to put in the links as you go along don't try to do that all up front though so you know as you keep I keep my calendar open it is open all the time and I can just make changes I can add the link as I'm going along don't try to do that up front that would be way too tedious 
okay and then in the second year it's so much easier because you already have your basic ideas and you can just change it as needed okay so that may have felt like a lot but again I promise it is not that bad once you commit to review list your reading and writing units decide how they're administered Think of any other areas outside of reading and writing that you teach, such as vocab or grammar. Decide how to incorporate them. Assign a rough timeline for each unit. Plug it into a calendar and keep that living document open so that you can add in as you go along. All right, so this concludes our back to school mini series. Please be sure to tune in next week, though, because we are going to start talking about reading workshop since I know that I start with reading workshop and I'm guessing that a lot of you start with a reading unit in some way shape or form I thought it would be timely to do and you don't want to miss it I hope this information was helpful be sure to check the links that I mentioned in the show notes my email is available there as well in case you have questions or comments you can also DM me on Instagram at All in One Middle School. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.